Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat. Welcome to The Kitchen Table Show. My name is Jake. And I'm Brian. And we are glad to have you here today. The reason we started this show, The Kitchen Table, we wanted to keep having these conversations. And so we come to this kitchen table, quote unquote, but it's actually a radio studio. (laughs) But we have these faith discussions because that's what dad and I love to do. We love to have this time set it for us individually we like to come together and it's kind of our mandatory once a time a week but we hang out more than that to just talk about faith as we always have in our lives one of my favorite things that dad lives by is that his first mission is his children and i hope to do that one day with my kids and so we believe that and that's why we started this and so the way the show kind of runs down is we have our faith discussion for the first 20 minutes or so and then we move into a segment called music matters and music matters is a time where we just talk about music because dad and i are both very big music people we love music music and we love sharing music with people and so that's just one of the things that we love to do and then we move into culture shock and culture shock is just a time where we find someone who is making an influence in their community Uh, it can be either a football player an athlete a sports person a celebrity an actor actress in hollywood or just your average joe schmo as we like to call it on the program and just talk about what difference they're making in their community and how awesome it is so our topic for this week yeah yeah and how i really uh was I don't know, inspired to talk about this more than anything was during our, our, we have every Tuesday, we have a staff meeting here at shine.fm and we, we do a prayer time. And so we, we mentioned prayer requests from, from listeners that we get and then just from people that we know and from our own team as well. And uh, we were talking about um, how uh, someone is beginning to look at the holidays, yeah. the first holiday since they've lost a spouse or a loved one and, and how difficult that it is for them. And then uh, I was listening to shows because we have students that do shows on our youth channel and they're learning and so I have to listen to their shows and grade them as a professor and a lot of them are talking about Thanksgiving coming up and how they're excited to go home and to spend time with family and that's what the holidays are all about they're about spending time with our families but at the same time many folks are going to be entering now into these holiday season Thanksgiving just a few days away and missing that loved one so we have invited a guest she's been on the program before is that a drum roll? Yes, it is. Uh, and so when we talk about you know topics of grief, we bring in mom. Ba-dum! So mom. My wife Lynn is here and uh, is going to be sharing with us about the holidays are very difficult. I mean, grief in itself is difficult, but the holidays is just like some another level, some added to it, you know, because yeah. holidays are known for spending time with family, and when you don't have that family member there, it's more difficult. And those first holidays, especially after that loved one has passed and you really feel it. It's just a huge hole. You're missing something. You're missing a vital piece of what your family structure is all about, whether it's a parent or a spouse or a child or whoever it may be, a good friend. It's just a missing part of how you've spent your life. For someone who has experienced grief this year and they're going into their first holidays without their loved one, what are some things that that they can do? What what are some things they should do, they should not do? How can they survive this time of year? Well, I think just a few things to remember. One, you're experiencing grief. Pain is inevitable. It's going to be there by addressing it and accepting it. That's a huge part of it right there. You definitely don't want to, you know, numb your pain, self-medicate your pain away. Um, Some of those other things that are harmful and can do some irreparable damage. You just want to take things as they come. One of the things that really seems to have helped with me, helped with other friends that are going through grief 
is to have an exit plan. Have a plan set out ahead of time, knowing that you may get overwhelmed, you may get upset, you may feel like you're making other people upset and that doesn't, you don't want to deal with that or whatever, just to have an exit plan in place for any event that you, you schedule yourself to be at. So if you're at Thanksgiving dinner with your extended family and it just gets a little overwhelming, if you go into that dinner thinking, okay, I'm going to give myself an hour or some maybe even half an hour or 45 minutes. I'm going to give myself that time and I'll reevaluate. I'll see how I feel, see how people are doing. If they're making me uncomfortable, it's okay to leave. Your family may not understand, but you know what? Your grief is your grief and you are the one that has to get through it. So having an exit plan in place, having an overall plan in place is just a really good way to help you feel prepared and to know that if you get into a situation where you feel uncomfortable, where you feel overwhelmed, that you have this exit strategy in place that you have, you know, whatever, maybe you can, you can figure out a, a signal that you can have with a spouse or a friend or a loved one or someone that you can give them that signal and they will help you get out of the situation. It's almost like the unspoken thing in the room. Everyone knows that that person is not there and you're almost like, you don't know how to respond. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, just a couple of years ago where your brother passed away and your father at one point didn't want to even do the holidays. Right. And then he changed his mind and we did the holidays. And of course, uh, his widow is there. And um, everyone is just kind of like, how do we, how do we respond? How yeah. do we react? How do we, we're there, we're wanting to celebrate, but there's this gaping hole that's not there because this loved one is not there. And it's an awkward situation. It is because no one knows what to say. No one knows what to say. I didn't know what to say necessarily to my sister-in-law. You know, she doesn't know what to say. Pretty much anything that anybody says is going to make someone cry. Right. So that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. They just don't want to be around that or, you know, they, they just... They're just not comfortable with people showing their emotions. Some people aren't. So it's just a diff- it is a difficult situation. It's difficult for the person that has lost someone and it it spans out into so many other people that, that their life has touched and it changes your normal. It changes what you're used to and nobody likes change. Nobody likes to have to switch things up and make something different. And also it's a time of celebration and you almost feel guilty about celebrating. That's a big yeah. part of it as well. At that Christmas, especially, that was a, oh, it was Thanksgiving, I it was think. Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he passed away right before Thanksgiving. It was still very new to everybody. And every Thanksgiving, I get called on to pray for the meal. Yeah. And even in the prayer, I wanted to acknowledge that he's not here, that we miss him. Just acknowledge him in that prayer. And, you know, even, I, I know even doing that, that I'm causing then his widow to cry yeah. at that prayer time. And I don't want to do that. But at the same time, I want to acknowledge that during the prayer time. Because at, let's face it, the prayer time at Thanksgiving, you're praying about how God has blessed you that year. Now, yeah. if you've lost somebody. It's hard to feel blessed. It's hard to, exactly. But, and at the same time, you, you do feel blessed for the memories that you have and the time you had with that person. So you don't want that experience to go by and not acknowledge that. And you want to acknowledge that, that their memory is an important part of you. I think when you ignore it, when if you hadn't have said anything or prayed for Greg or, or whatever, if you hadn't acknowledged him, I think it would have been worse. Yeah. I think then hurt feelings come into play and people get offended. So even though it may make someone uncomfortable or make them cry, you know what? Somebody that has lost a loved one, their new 
new norm is probably crying almost on a daily basis, if not multiple times a day. So you're not necessarily making them feel yeah. uncomfortable because of making them cry because they're, they've been crying a lot as it is. You're just uncomfortable yourself or the fear sure. of making other people uncomfortable. It's a tight line. I mean, it is because you don't want to make them feel forgotten or that you forgot them because you obviously haven't. I remember that Thanksgiving. It was awkward. I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't know how to talk about it. I wasn't really close with Uncle Greg. I mean, I saw him at Thanksgiving and Christmas and that was about it. It was still like, I want to honor him in the way that he should be honored because he was a great uncle, even though I didn't see him a lot. And so it was just, how do we honor him without making it super awkward inside of the family? And it was just, it was a really tight line. It's like walking a tightrope. Do we acknowledge this and talk about it as a family or do we just completely ignore it? Well, and after you prayed at, for the, for the meal, you know, we went to our different locations to, you know, eat. find where you could find yeah. a space to eat uh, in a very crowded house. But there were conversations that were had Mm-hmm. Over yeah. the over the meal about my brother, about, you know, different stories we were reminiscing about and, you know, different things that she had done. But it just helped to reaffirm that it's okay to talk about them. Yeah. It's okay to acknowledge the gaping hole, the elephant in the room, so to speak. It's okay to talk about that. It's okay to cry about it. It's okay to be upset. This amazing person you've just lost and is no, no longer there with you. It's okay to acknowledge that. And I think in a lot of ways, it's healthy to acknowledge that, to not recognize it, to bury your feelings, to hide it away and just pretend like everything is fine when your world is falling apart. That's not a healthy way to express your grief and to to be able to work through things. So we've talked about having a plan, an exit plan if need be, to remove yourself if you just become overwhelmed. We've talked about acknowledging the grief and celebrating that person and uh, the awkwardness of that situation. What other things can people do to just be able to live and process the grief through the holiday season. You started to hint at it, but be willing to create new traditions. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of times, you know, especially within a family unit that you have certain traditions. And this is probably more geared towards Christmas time, although there are some family traditions for Thanksgiving, but Mm -hmm. a lot more probably happen at Christmas time. Be willing to create new traditions. That that means you can change things. You know, maybe, maybe you lost your spouse and they really, really like to over-decorate for Christmas and you maybe not so much. Yeah. That first year you tend to feel like you have to keep things exactly the way they were, that you have to decorate the way that your spouse did because you just don't want to change things. You so desire for everything to be the same that you just aren't willing to do that. But know that that it's okay. You can give yourself permission to change things and make new traditions. Maybe you just put up a little bit of decorations or maybe you decide you don't want to put up any decorations. It's all okay. It's it's okay to start a new tradition and to maybe do away with something that you don't necessarily liked, but you only did for that other person or to do something that you wanted to do that that other person didn't necessarily want to do. It's okay to change things up. Yeah, like there's a, a house that's in the town we live in that goes over the top for the decorations. Yeah. and um, They can be seen in space. Did you know that? <laughs> that was I would article. not be surprised. But then he passed away that following Christmas, the decorations didn't go up and it's because his widow didn't want to do it. I mean, she won, she couldn't physically do it herself by her own. It's kind of a a grieving process within the community because the community expected 
that house to be over decorated. I mean, people drove by. It was on more of a busier street, an intersection of a couple busier streets, and yet uh, it wasn't there that year. It's almost like, oh yeah, he he passed away this year, so they're not doing it this year. And and she hasn't put up exterior decorations since that point. That's been several years ago now. I think another thing that you can give yourself some freedom in is making, if you do make plans, hold those plans loosely. And what I mean by that is, you know, someone invites you to do something, you can just feel free to tell them, well, I will try to make it if I can, but please understand if I can't. Don't necessarily fully commit yourself to something that if you wake up that day or you get to that time frame and you're really struggling with something, that it's okay to not do whatever you had initially thought you might try to do. It's okay to hold those plans loosely and to not be firm in a commitment of doing something. Now, there are some things that maybe you you have no choice that you have to be able to commit to, you have to do. Then you can use some other strategies to maybe plan your grieving. We talked about that in the other show that I was on here with you. Um, plan a timeout that you can grieve and just kind of hold yourself up to those I can make it through this hour and then make your exit or, you know, whatever you have to do. Some some things are unavoidable. So flexibility in your plans. Flexibility in your plans is a great thing. Okay. I know we talked about this in the last program that you were in with grieving. As you notice, I don't, I'm not speaking much on this topic because I really haven't experienced a close death in the family or friend. I think the closest one was your coworker mm-hmm. or my choir director. And that's about it. How do people who, just as a reminder, with people who haven't experienced death, how do we be there? Or say you're like you, you know, I know that every kind of Christmas or around grandma's birthday, you acknowledge that and it's okay. And I mean, you're doing better now because it's been over 20 years. Well, like I, was, I wasn't born yet and I'll be 20 this year. How do we just help with that? I think the best way that you can help is just by following the lead of the person that is grieving. Yeah. If they want to talk, just let them talk. If they want to cry, let them cry. Don't make them feel bad for crying. Or um, if you've invited them to something and they have a, they're kind of non-committal. don't hold them to it. Give them the grace to back out of something if they need to. Or make your invitation by saying, if you feel up to it on this day, you're more than welcome to join us. If you can't make it, I completely understand. You're not going to hurt my feelings. It, I'm, it's not going to be awkward for us. But just know we want you there. You're more than welcome to be there with us. If you can do it, we would love to have you. Well, I think one of the important things of that is, even in scripture, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Exactly. In Romans 12, 15. If we are trying to Jesus juke, you know what I mean? Oh, God's got a bigger plan. I That's not what you want to hear no, right then it's and there. Not. And I, I like I know that just from Michael and our situation with that. Like I do not want to hear that God has a plan. I know He has a plan, but just let me express my emotions and be there for me. Don't try to fix it for me. Right. Well, I think you almost answered your question in asking the question. I did. How do you be there for them? You be, be there. there. Simple enough. You you be there. And it's not about having this deep discussion with them or try to be their counselor. You just be there. Yeah. So what's another way we can survive the holidays with grief? We kind of touched on it a little earlier, but take things slowly. You don't have to jump into decisions. You don't have to jump into a commitment. Just give yourself time. Give yourself grace. Don't beat yourself up if you can't do something. 
a lot of times you, you know, in our world today, everyone is so busy and so committed to things and feel like they have to, to do this and this and this and the next thing. When you're grieving, you're, you almost, especially in that first year, you almost just become numb hmm. and you aren't really processing. And I had a, I was having a conversation about this very topic with a good friend of mine the other day. And she said something that I had never thought about. I'd never thought about it this way was, you know, that first year, you're just kind of an autopilot and you just kind of just move. You're just going through the motions. You're just doing what you have to do. You just, the next thing is the next thing. And I think that the Lord gives us that numbing, the numbness, so that we can have this shield over what we really have to deal with. And I know that kind of sounds weird, but a lot of times when I was when I was working with people that have been grieving, if they have been, if, you know, a few years removed, a lot of people have said that that second year is actually worse than the first year. And mm. the a lot of the reason is because that first year you're in this autopilot numb mode, and then the second year that's kind of worn off. You're a little bit further removed from from the death, and all of these things start to come up, and you start realizing what they're their loss truly means, Mm -hmm. you know, the different things you have to do, the different chores you now have to do, or the house situations that you have to deal with, or the kids situations you have to deal with, all of those different things. And I think that the Lord gives us that first year of numbness, because if we had to immediately deal with all of the things that we have to deal with in losing someone. I don't know that we could make it that first year. I don't, I, yeah. I just, it would be so incredibly overwhelming and almost debilitating. I don't, I don't know how you could actually function. So I think he has created us in a way so that we have that self-preservation of protecting ourselves that first month or that first year so that we can, we can truly process the things the way that he wants us to be able to process them. Yeah. I think another big one, and we did talk about it a little bit, was to talk about your loved one with people. Don't be afraid to talk about it. I, I know after my mom passed away, I felt like I was constantly talking about her and people were sick of hearing me talk about her. But it was because that was just so dominant in my life at that point that that was all I was thinking about, really. And so I think we need to not be afraid to talk to people that have lost someone. It's very front and center in their life. So talking about that person is almost a relief because then they can start sharing, you know, maybe some fun stories come up. And along with those fun stories, then usually bring the tears and it does get uncomfortable sometimes. And maybe you're not comfortable in in accepting those emotions from someone, but we have to not be afraid to talk about someone that has passed on, no matter how they passed, whatever the circumstances are, whether they passed by suicide or they passed by, you know, a murder or just old age or cancer or whatever, whatever reason, there's never a good enough reason to justify and explain their passing. But just being able to acknowledge that person is sometimes just a relief to the person that is grieving their death the hardest, just to be feel free to talk about them, the good, the bad, and the ugly as part of that conversation. Yeah. One of the things that uh, our church does that I like, we have a Christmas Eve candlelight service and we light candles and hold them for loved ones who have passed away and we'll remember them specifically at Christmas time. It's a healing process to be able to do that because you're seeing all these people who've gathered together holding a candle. That candle represents a person that they are missing 
that Christmas. I think I bawled through the first time we did that when we first moved here. (laughs) So we need to remember this. The holidays are clearly some of the roughest terrains we're going to navigate after the loss of a loved one. But finding meaning in the loss is as individual as we are. We often say a part of us has died with them, but finding meaning is also realizing that a part of them still lives within us and the memories we have of them. What is vitally important is that we must be present for the loss in whatever form the holidays do or don't take. These holidays are part of the grieving journey that we must fully feel. They are usually very sad, but sometimes we may catch ourselves doing okay. And we may even have a brief moment of laughter. Now more than ever, be gentle with yourself. Don't do more than you want. And don't do anything that does not serve your soul, your loss, or the meaning that still lives within you. And that's our faith topic. And now moving into Music Matters. All right, Music Matters is a segment where we come together and celebrate the generational differences of music. Uh, We are big music people, and so we have new songs. I have a new song anyway. Actually, mine's not a new, new song. I have a new, new song. Mine's not a new, new song, and typically it's the other way around. I bring the new, and you have one. Okay, so this one actually, I think, came out a few years ago now, but it's a Christmas song since, I know, Thanksgiving's still a couple days away. But nonetheless, even... I know. But this is a Christmas song called Hey Moon is the title of it by the Sidewalk Prophets. And I'm totally doing a shameless plug because we're celebrating Christmas again this year with the Sidewalk Prophets. We have three different shows that we'll be a part of for the Shine.fm listening family. The good thing is that the Olivet Nazarene University School of Music has students that are going to be on tour with them again doing some strings and horns. So with three different opportunities, if you live in the Lansing, Michigan area on the uh, 5th of December is a Thursday night. We're kicking off the tour there. We're going to be at uh, the South Church. Church of the Nazarene in Lansing. And then on the 14th, Saturday, the 14th of December, we're going to be on campus here at Olivet Nazarene University in Centennial Chapel. And then on the 15th, we'll be down at Westside Church of the Nazarene in Indianapolis. So there's three different locations. There's still tickets for each of them. This is, and this is why we've done it in three locations this year, by far the most fun concert experience we had last year. You want to celebrate Christmas as a family in a unique way. This is it. They do some just crazy stuff. They give away prizes. I'm not going to give away the secrets because I don't want to spoil it for you. There's a lot of fun things there to do. Again, shameless plug. Sorry. Here is the Sidewalk Prophets, a Christmas song for you. It's called Hey Moon. Hey, hey moon. So many are still searching for signs. God is stirring in their hearts. They will lift their wandering eyes and see us shine. Yeah. I love the Sidewalk Prophets. That concert's a lot of fun. And it's cool because some of my friends are actually in the band, yeah. well, in the, the horn and violin and string the big section. big family band. Yeah, the great family band or whatever. Great big family band. Great big family band. Sorry, autocorrect. But my song for the week is not a Christian song necessarily. It's not a Christian band, but they are Christians. And so it's really cool. I love I love seeing bands that have Christian meanings behind their secular songs. But yeah. this band has done some Christian songs with Christian artists. Uh, and they've toured with Christian bands. They have t- toured. And is it the lead singer who is a leader at his I church? I think it's, it's one of the band members is a leader in their church. The band Echo Smith went on tour with the band Switchfoot, which yeah. They're a big Christian band. A lot of people know who they are. But Switchfoot is one of those bands that kind of crosses over into the secular world a they little do. bit. They mm-hmm. dip in, they dip their toes in there. Echo Smith also did a song 
with For King and Country, God Only Knows. Uh, For King and Country did a few songs with like Dolly Parton and Echo Smith was one of them. And it was really good. They were both very good, but I like the Echo Smith one better. They have a new album coming out soon, but they just released a, a single uh, this past year and it's called Over My Head. And it just talks about a relationship and how it's over her head and that it's just crazy. But I really like it. I love it's It's more advertising the band than the song, but it's just a good song. Check out Echo Smith and their new album coming out in January. But this is a snippet of Over My Head by Echo Smith. All right, I got to check more out of that band. I like that yeah, sound. They're really good. Sounds I good. I want to go see them bad. So uh, we've we've done new songs. We've done older Christmas songs, or at least a few years older. Now we're going to go way back in time for Oldie But Goldie. Okay, Oldie But Goldie. You know, when I do an Oldie But Goldie, I, I sort of just pick a, a year randomly. And for me, oldies are like 80s. But then I think about it, wait a minute. 80s. If I pull a song from 2000, that's almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Boom! What are you laughing at? Um, I was like, Dad, you're going to be 50 in like a week. Yeah, thank you. So nonetheless, we digress. The song I picked was one of the top songs of the year 2000. It is a song from a guy who I think is an incredible storyteller when it comes to lyrics. If you have heard his songs over the years, he tells stories with the lyrics. And this one's by a guy named Mark Schultz. And Mark uh, wrote a song, one of the big songs of the year 2000, called He's My Son. And I thought, it's powerful. <laughs> oh, that's powerful. one of my favorites. Mom just gasped. Yeah. I love that song. So Mark actually wrote this song about a family that was dealing with their son's cancer when he was a youth minister at a church in Nashville. And it was inspired by the grieving of this couple at his church whose son had been diagnosed with leukemia. And he watched them struggle as a mother and a father. Uh, Mark says, Louise often stayed up with Martin, the son until he fell asleep. She would rub his back and try to comfort him, but she felt helpless. Some nights, John, the father, would wake up and walk down the hall to Martin's room and watch him sleep. As he stood there, he would try to imagine what life would be like without his son. So Mark actually tried for several months to write a song for John and Louise, but nothing seemed to capture really what they were going through in this process. Uh, Mark says, I couldn't begin to understand the depth of pain that John and Louise faced every day, but God did. The only thing I had to do with this song is that I just happened to be there when God sat it in my lap. So God gave him this song. He, he couldn't do it on his own. So here's a snippet, and really, I encourage you to listen to the whole song if you get a chance, of Mark Schultz, He's My Son. Can you hear me? Am I getting through tonight? Can you see him? Can you make him feel all right? If you can hear me. Tearjerker. Obviously. I'm, I know the name. I've never heard the song before. I mean, listen I, I listen was, to all of it. I was zero years old. Yeah, I suppose so. I was a few months, at least, because I was born in 99. I'm a 90s kid. Barely. For eight days. <laughs> eight days. I'm a 90s kid. All right. Kid. That wraps up Music Matters. Time now to move into Culture Shock. So in Culture Shock this week, I have a really cool group of guys I want to talk about. 
So this past week on Thursday, I was I was up in Chicago and I was hanging out with three guys that started this ministry to learn more about it and see how we can get involved. And I encourage you to check these guys out. Website, app, different things. But they are three guys went to college together. Their names are Esteban, Lauren, and Aaron. And they are a couple of them studied communications, media, and one studied ministry. And so they were trying to figure out a way to reach people from their generation using the truth of God's word in a unique way. So they created this thing called the Streetlights Bible. So I invite you to check out their website, streetlightsbible.com. Also download the app for Streetlights. Basically what it is, it's unfolding God's word so all can understand. They say that Jesus, the light of the world, seen, understood, and loved now and by future generations. That's their vision. So they're a creative team of communicators and they're called specifically to intentionally engage a global youth culture and a global urban culture. Our world is moving to the cities. Cities are growing like crazy. So how do we reach them? How do we plant enough churches that will appeal to young people in these cities? And so what they did was they figured out a way to take God's word. And if you know spoken word artists, they're very popular. They've taken God's word and they have delivered God's word in spoken word form. And they have original music that goes with it. And the music is geared specifically towards an urban hip hop almost culture uh, as a background to the the God's scripture being spoken out. So um, I'll give you a little sample here. I'm actually going to play a segment. Uh, This is Psalm 27. The 27th Psalm, you'll be able to get a little glimpse into this, and then uh, I'll give you that website again and that app right after it. So it's uh, here's the Streets Light Bible, spoken word version of Psalm 27. Psalm chapter 27, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. 
Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. They say they believe that when God's word is communicated relevantly, it shines his light through his truth and displaces the spiritual darkness we all experience as apart from knowing God. Their task is to unfold him to the digital age that presents many barriers to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're doing it in unprecedented ways and what an incredible opportunity they have to send out God's word. So again, I encourage you to download their app and visit their website. It's called Street Lights Bible. So look up Streetlights Bible in uh, iTunes and Google Play, and then check out streetlightsbible.com. They're making a difference. That's what we celebrate in Culture Shock. Okay, that brings a wrap to our episode of The Kitchen Table. This is actually number 65. Wanted to point that out. Oh, wow. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. And uh, again, thanks to Lynn. Thank you for having me. Wife and yeah, mom. mom. And uh, for you that are experiencing loss during this uh, holiday season, the first holidays without your loved one, we certainly uh, are praying for you and uh, just hope this has been a blessing to you as you go into these difficult days. We know that uh, we know what you're going through and yeah. uh, we just pray that uh, God will be with you. Again, if you want to, uh, check us out. You can find us on the Kitchen Table group. We're on the Shine.fm Facebook page. Join us as be a part of that group. Let us know how you want us to talk about faith issues in the future, talk about songs, or even Culture Shock as well. We'd love to have you connect with us. So thanks so much. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. And stay salty and lit, y'all. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table on the Shine.fm Podcast Network from Olivet Nazarene University. Be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith, music, and culture.